This is the Agent Mind Podcast. Welcome to episode 37 of the Agent Mind Podcast. I'm your host, TJ McGraw. I'm an active investor, real estate agent, and I'm on that quest to define the perfect mindset in order to build wealth and live within your passions. Uh, today is a good day. I'm, I'm going to um, I'm going to do another solo episode because I've been getting a lot of uh, questions about the flip that I'm doing. I've been posting a bit on Facebook about it and getting some interest. So I figured I'd kind of lay it out and um, go over the whole the whole deal um, today. I'm in the middle of it, so but we'll get into that in, in a moment. Um, if you like the show, if you like what we're doing, uh, it's definitely all about conversations. Although. This one and this episode and last episode was not about conversations. I got a pretty good show coming up next week. Um, it's going to be with uh, some new agents that I've had join the team. They've um, they've been with me for a few months now, so I think it'd get a big good be cool to get a good perspective from a newer agent. Um, you know the struggles that they had, kind of getting into it, the struggles that they're having now. Um, you know before they really get the get the business rolling, uh, but they're all doing great as new agents. They're like killing it. So. Um, I'm super proud of them. I'm going to have them on the show, um, next week. Um, but for this week, uh, it's just going to be me. So you suffer through another episode with me. Um, if you like the show though, go ahead and click subscribe. Uh, would be super grateful if you leave a review, um, that would help get the show in front of other real estate agents that, that might find it interesting or might be helpful to, uh, that would be much, much, much appreciated. Um, and that's that. So I think, uh, Let's dig in. Let's dig in. So I have a um, investment property right now that I'm going to be flipping. Um, I originally was thinking about holding it, um, but just after you know the opportunity with the, with the market the way it is, um, I want to build up a little more capital with my investment company, and I just decided to to go ahead and flip it. Um, that could change. You know, I could get down the road. And something might shift in the market. Something might uh, come up unexpected where it's going to be a, a, a cost uh, where it doesn't make sense to, to flip. But we can dig into that a little bit more. I suppose let's start back from the beginning. So there was several, probably about, well, I'd say about the time I started the podcast. So I would say about seven months ago, maybe eight months ago, um, I really got serious about making offers and, and like really like oh you know just this this market right now in where the, the almost to the end of 2021 so all of uh all of the beginning of, of 2021 um if you know anything if you've even remotely um had your eye on real estate you know that it's been tough it's been tough to get listings it's been tough to uh, win offers because there's so much competition out there there's a lot of cash buyers out there right now. There's a lot of uh, buyers that have because of low interest rates. Um, so I was a little getting a little discouraged, not get, having any really uh, investment cooking. Um, so I decided I was just going to start. I was going to commit to making three offers a day on properties. And um, as far as like having the financing lined up and all that stuff, it wasn't exactly lined up. And I know that if you are, let me just start here. If you are thinking about getting into investing, but you haven't yet, and you're worried about money, you're worried about how are you going to fund it? How's it going to happen? Let me tell you, if you find a good deal, you will find the money to get it done. We just got to make sure it's a good deal. And um, I'm not going to really get into all the different ways to analyze a property today. I'm just going to talk specifically about 
uh, my particular um, deal that I have going on right now, my flip, um, just kind of give you an overview of the process that I went through. Um, but there, of course there's, there, there's different ways there's, there's buying holds and there's Airbnbs you get into, um, wholesaling, you get into all sorts of stuff and, and the numbers on it are all look a little bit different as far as what you want to accomplish and all that. So, <clears throat> um, anyways, I just, I made three offers a day at least for months. Uh, and it felt, it just felt like I was just getting nowhere. If I got a response, it was thanks for the offer, but we're going to go a different direction. Um, sometimes I would get sellers or the sellers agents on the phone and, um, you know, just, just kind of discouraging the, the, the feedback that I got from the offers. However, though, you can't, I found a lot of houses that I really thought were cool and that I would have loved to have gotten into to, to either flip or rent or hold as a rental, but you can't fall in love with the house. You, you just can't not, it has to be completely um, unemotional because it really is just business. And if, if the numbers don't work, then it's, you're not going to be investing for long. Let's put it that way. So you, the numbers have to work going into it. So the, uh, the quick and dirty for the, for a flip, um, numbers that I use and a lot of other people use is, um, the 70% rule. This is for a flip. So if you, if you're, uh, Basically, the cost of the acquisition, so the sale price that you purchased the, the property for, plus the rehab cost, whatever that total number is, should be no more than 70% of your ARV, which is after renovated value. So once you get it all fixed up, get it back on the market, only 70% of that, that what the resale value is after you repair it, should be the acquisition cost or the sale price plus the rehab budget, rehab cost. And that's it. Um, they go a little bit. And matter of fact, on this flip, as you're going to learn that I go a little bit over that. Um, but it's, that's a general rule when you just like the quick and dirty, if you're making three offers a day, you can't sit there and analyze and try to figure out an exact budget for rehab and do all that. You would not, you wouldn't be able to get three offers in a day. So um, it's just, you just got to have some way, some way to gauge the initial offer. Um, I always threw due diligence in there so I could, if I did get under contract, I could do a little bit more digging before I was completely losing my earnest money, um, getting in there. So that's, that's the one thing. If you, if you want to get into investing and you, you're hesitant, um, just, just start making offers and with a due diligence period, as you all know, you can always back out for any reason during due diligence. Go uh, get inspected. It, you know, I would recommend getting an inspector. Um, getting that done, of course, has a cost there. But um, you know, go get your eyes on it and, and see. As an agent, I'm, I'm sure most of you have an idea of what things cost to repair. I mean, we know about what flooring's going to cost, and you know, a new kitchen, um, all that stuff. We have a pretty good, a pretty good idea as real estate agents because we're guiding our our clients on this. Um, day in and day out, we're kind of giving them an idea. It's like, you know, showing buyers houses. You want to re replace a kitchen. This kitchen might be around $10,000 if you, you know, don't go deep, deep in, you know, another whatever for the, for the appliances. You get the point. But um, you really, uh, you, you, we have a good idea of, of what things cost. So having that like rough idea plus, the, uh, you know, what you think that the after renovated value is. So, um, you know, the updated value of nice, pristine looking house. Uh, maybe the systems are updated, new roof, all that stuff. 
my computer's barking at me. Um, you know, that, that's the, the, what is the value at that point? A lot of investors, the strategy is to add square footage, uh, or to take the existing square footage and add a room if possible. If there's like a very large room, you could add a room, kind of separate it out, make a two bedroom into a three bedroom, make a three bedroom into a four bedroom. Um, that's any more than that. It kind of gets, I don't think the return is there all that often, but very well could be. Um, so that's, that's, that's where you are with that. So really just focusing on um, g- just getting those numbers together, going with the 70% rule, then just start making offers, 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 offers. And then once you get under contract, then that's when the time to really get in and, and dig in and really look at the numbers, get quotes, really think about how much it's going to cost and get a more detailed um, idea of how that goes. So You've made a ton of offers. I made a ton of offers. I can't, I lost track after I probably made over 50 offers. Um, definitely made over 50 offers. And it was just, I had a system with my transaction software. Um, just, you know, just copy and paste, change the, the offer number, boom, send it out, get sign it and send it out. Um, so finally got under, under contract. It's a, it's a really cool little spot. I really like the home. It's, um, I forget what kind of exterior it's called. We'll call it brick exterior. It's not brick, but it's not stacked stone. It's somewhere in the in the middle. It's like holiday stone or something like that. Um, so, the, so the exterior is great. Just needs some power washing. I knew it needed a roof. Um, there was a, a the roof had been leaking a little bit, and in the bathrooms, uh, the master bath and the hall bath are kind of right next to each other. The, you could tell that the sheetrock was what had there was a leak up in the roof and it was dripping under the sheetrock and there was a little bit of mold in there. Um, the in the master bath, the uh, shower pan had um, been leaking and it kind of rotted out some of the floor. It had a beautiful wood floor. It's kind of rotted out some of that. Um, very very outdated. It was built in 1962, um, but it had great bones. It's built on a cellar. The cellar was dry. There's no like water stains in the cellar and all that. But it had a weird, um, weird part to the to the foundation where it was mostly a cellar or mostly a basement. Um, it had a door that you open up, and the furnace was sitting there, and it was in a crawl space. The crawl space was underneath, like the master bedroom. So at some point, the master bedroom started to sink and kind of fall off the house, if that makes sense. So uh, it looked like it had been repaired. There was a new pillar that was in there, um, and then there was one of those janky like house jack things that was in there. <laughs> That I knew I needed it needed attention, um, so that's, these are all the things I'm looking at when I'm when I'm going to make an offer on that. It had the lead, the, the uh, not lead, the uh, cast iron uh, sewer pipes coming from the uh, the bathrooms and all that. So it needed some updating. It needed some work. I wanted to add a. Uh, it didn't have a, a, a door to go from the garage into the house. You had to like walk out the the garage door and come around the front of the house and go inside. So my plan was to add a door there. Um, the the garage pad was uh, sinking just a little bit in one of the corners. Um, so I needed to lift that and stabilize that. Um, so all these things, you know, I, I had a pretty good general idea of what, what the prices were. Um, so I, I worked out a, a, a project sheet, uh, a cost sheet for everything, a rehab budget. And I came up with, uh, originally I came up with $30,000 for the budget. Um, the home I got under contract for $120,000. Um, now I did not get an inspector and that was my bad. I should definitely have gotten an inspector. You're going to learn why in just a few seconds here, a few minutes. 
Um, but let, I just want to make sure that that's a, as much as you think that you know about houses until you have done this, you know, thousands of times or hundreds of times, thousands of times, you definitely want to get an inspector, somebody that knows what, you know, how old the systems are, what, what, you know, what kind of systems they are and all that stuff. And the biggest one that kind of caught me is I, I was, I knew that the, the air conditioner and heating, all the HVAC worked. However, when I had brought an HVAC company in to kind of clean it out, the guy didn't even want to touch it because I guess this particular furnace in the industry has a nickname called the bomb. So, you know, what the, I mean, <laughs> nobody wants a furnace in their house with the nickname is the bomb because it's, and he said it had a tendency to explode essentially. So he didn't even want to try to light it because he's, he's, um, you know, they had, they don't make that anymore. They, they recalled it, I guess, at, at some point. Um, I don't know the whole story behind the furnace. That's not my expertise. Nor do I have space in my brain to learn about different furnaces. That's why I hire an HVAC guy to come in and do it. But essentially, it's a, it's a, it's a furnace that could, that could explode. <laughs> and so I can't have that. I can't, I, even if it did work, I couldn't, knowing that, I couldn't have that in the house. And the house that I have my name on is, is, um, rehabbed and, and my, as an agent, sell that house. And then if something ever happened, I would just not be able to live with myself. So, um, an inspector probably would have caught that and could have saved me that little headache. So it's about to replace the whole system. It's only a 15,000 square foot home, but to replace the whole system, it's going to be about $7,000, six ninety nine nine. So they, they gave me like a buck off there. It made me feel better, I suppose. But so $7,000 to replace this system. That's $7,000 that I didn't really budget for. Um, I did put a little buffer in there for, um, you know, unexpected things. There were a few other unexpected things though. And mostly the unexpected things were, I had budgeted a certain amount for the lifting of the concrete because I had gotten other quotes that were around a thousand dollars. Well, this, this project, uh, ended up being $3,200. And then I told you about the crawl space, the foundation. Well, that ended up being, um, I needed two more pillars put in there. And they had to do the footings and all that stuff. So that ended up being um, uh, an expense. I think it was just under $2,000. So, I mean, it, it's in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much money. But when you add it all together, it can really catch up with you. and can really put you in a bind. So my, uh, my original estimation of repairs was uh, $30,000. That's before I got it. That's before I got under contract. I just kind of estimated $30,000. After I got under contract and I really dug in, I was getting quotes and getting contractors over there. Um, the my budget, my rehab budget went from thirty thousand to forty five thousand, so went up fifteen thousand um, dollars, which is all well and good. I was pretty comfortable with that. Um, the, it definitely was in within my seventy percent rule still, which was pretty good. Um, since then, however, since we started doing work and when you start opening up walls and I had some wood paneling, I had to take down. Uh, it, you know, when you start doing that stuff, it, it, uh, things pop up and then, you know, things kind of go out of budget on you. Uh, things are a little more expensive than I anticipated. Um, I had gotten a price for mold remediation prior to, um, you even getting the property. I'd gotten like a square footage price from someone, uh, things had happened with them. The, the people who were doing the mold company, it was sold to another company. Um, that ended up being, uh, um, three times as expensive. So there's just these little things. And I want to caution anybody that's going to get into investing. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that at all because that, that happens and happen on every project. But if you plan for it, it's not going to, you don't have to worry about anything. As long as you plan for it and you have the reserves, you have the, a backup plan. Um, 
then you, you're going to be fine. Everything, if you plan for it, you're good. Uh, but just planning for it is, is, is key. I didn't quite plan for all the money um, that I was putting into it. Luckily, um, going into it, I can't say I exactly planned for it, but I knew that if I did blow the budget a little bit, then I would be okay because it was, I would still make money on the flip um, because the numbers were good up front. And I, I, I had some, some money kind of hanging there um, in, in my investment company just for emergencies like that. So is it an emergency? Not, not so much. Um, it shouldn't be an emergency because it should have been planned for a little bit better on my end for sure. But I mean, each flip is different and each time, you know, you, you, there, there's something that comes up. Um, and that's what that money is there for. So it is what it is. I do have to say, um, make sure that you're, you're not overpaying for that house. Just want to go back to that. Don't fall in love with the property because the money is made on the buy. And if you get the, if you're into investing, I'm sure you've heard that before. Um, if you have, if you're going to get into investing or you're thinking about getting into investing, you're definitely going to hear that the money's made on the buy. So don't over overpay in the beginning. You know, make sure you're getting it for the price that, that you, your numbers and, and don't, um, don't compromise. What, what can happen is if you fall in love with the property, then all of a sudden you're fudging the numbers to make it work. And it then ends up being not reality. So just stick in, stick in the reality, keep motions out of it and, uh, and you'll be fine. Um, so it, all this being said, it, I, it is super fun. Um, I'm having a great time with this one. It's a, it's a little, um, 15,000 square foot house. Like I said, it's a ranch, uh, with a basement. The basement's not finished. I'm not going to finish the basement. Just, it's not, the return isn't there for me in this area. Um, although it, it, it may be, I just don't, I, I'm not, I already blown the budget a little bit and my numbers were on not finishing the basement. So I'm going to stick with that plan. Um, it's on a little private lake and it has a little dock. Um, and you can use, you know, this would be great for somebody who likes to go, um, kayaking, paddle boarding, um, all that stuff. And the, one of the cool parts about it is, and I have pictures, I'll try to put them up on the website or on the Facebook group, um, the agent mind Facebook group, it, the neighbors bought swans. So every day these little, you know, little swans would go by in the afternoon, just majestically floating on the lake. Um, it's super cool. And there's huge windows overlooking the lake in, in the house. It's just a really cool spot. Nice and quiet. It's got this big old oak tree in the backyard. Um, pretty neat. So it's, it's a pretty cool house. I'm sure it's going to sell. And, uh, the things I'm doing to it, it was built in 62, like I said, so there wasn't a dishwasher there. Um, the, the kitchen was, was kind of small and kind of enclosed. We could, we bumped out the walls, opened up the space. So the kitchens open to the to the living room now. And then I opened it up into, um, like a little dining area that we kind of put, put together. Um, and I had to move the refrigerator. So we ended up moving the basement stairs. We turned them around. It's kind of hard to explain without, um, without a visual, but, uh, we turned the stairs around and reconfigured how you enter the basement. And then we're going to put the refrigerator right where the basement doorway used to be. It's kind of, we're going to stuff it in um, where the stairs used to start. And then we turned the stairs around and you're going to get to them like from the other side of the hallway. That's, that's about as, as uh, detailed as I can get. I don't know how to explain it without drawing a picture, but I do have pictures on, um, on, on my own Facebook page. I'll throw them up on the, on the, uh, the agent mind Facebook group as well. So you guys can kind of see, um, what, what I've been doing over there and kind of put the, put a visual to, to the description. So that, that was super fun. Um, 
the stairs are, you know, when you're talking about moving stairs around, well, I got a little nervous and I want to make sure that they're not not dangerous and they're up to code and all that stuff. So they're, they're just more, they're, they're, they're sturdier now than they were before we started. So that's pretty neat. Um, changing out all the fixtures, changing out all the doors, uh, putting new door, exterior doors, new interior doors. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be neat. I bought vanities, um, for it and we're going to do, uh, we busted out the, the, uh, shower a little bit cause it was, we already had to take out, take it, tear it down and rebuild the subfloor and all that underneath it. So we've kind of, uh, I've expanded the shower stall. So it's like triple size of a normal shower stall and it's going to be all tile and gorgeous and beautiful with like a rain, um, faucet that comes down from the ceiling. So it's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, so the, at the end of the day, however, my, uh, what I'm actually going to be spending, um, now that I bought all my materials and I have, you know, we're wrapping up things. Um, what I'm actually going to be spending is 60,000 on a rehab. So I started off with an initial estimate of 30,000. Then when I dug into it and, uh, got some, some investment or some contractors out there, ended up being 45,000. And then there were a couple surprises, and I did add a couple things that I thought was you know would be helpful would um, up the value of the home. Um, I wasn't able to put a door from the garage into the inside the house because the the garage is actually the pad of the garage is actually lower, considerably lower than the floor of the home, so it would be like a half size door. You have to walk upstairs and be a half size door. That just wouldn't wouldn't fly. Um, so there's you know the, other things came up. I changed a few things. So at the end of the day. We're talking about a sixty thousand dollar rehab. So here's kind of where the where where the rubber meets the road. One hundred twenty thousand dollar acquisition. Um, it's going to end up being sixty thousand uh, rehab, and my the ARV on it after I get this all done. I'm expecting I'm I'm going to be conservative with it. Um, I'll probably list it for around two fifty or two forty two forty nine five something like that. Um, but you know, if I get if I walk away with two thirty five, I'll be I'll be pretty happy with that. Uh, here's the cool part about being an agent and an investor: I don't have to pay myself commission, so I get to you know I get to keep that money regardless um, on the sale. Um, and my broker actually um, allows us to do a few personal deals without without paying our split to the broker, so that kind of get I get ahead of the game there on that. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, I should have done this before I started recording, uh, crunch the numbers here. So if you have $120,000 for the acquisition, 60000 for the, <clears throat> excuse me, the rehab, I'm at 180000 And if I put that into, we'll say, what do we say? We'll say two, let's say 235. I get 235 for it. That's very conservative. So I'm sure I can get more than that. Uh, I'm at seventy six point five percent on my the equation my my uh, my acquisition cost plus my rehab cost, you know, is seventy percent of my uh, resale my after renovated value. So at two thirty five, which I know I can get more than that, I'm at seventy six percent. That's goal. That's great right there. That's perfect. Um, I couldn't ask for for a better deal uh, right now, especially. I know investors that are going. I mean, they're they're in it at eighty percent, eighty five percent. That's they're fine with that. Of course, the numbers are a lot bigger. Um, you know, the some you know some investors are in it with five hundred thousand dollar homes and, and six hundred thousand dollar homes. So the the that 
that uh, 20% that they're doing on their, on their 80% deals, that 20% is, is considerable amount of money. So um, it all, it's all relative. It all depends. Every deal is different. Um, it depends on what's going to work for you, what you're going to, how much work you want to do for how much, you know, how much return on your investment. Um, cause it is a lot of work. It does take you away from doing other things. And if you're a real estate agent, you still have to, you know, serve your clients. You still have to go get your clients. You still have to do all that stuff and, um, you know, flip a house at the same time. It's really fun though. Um, highly recommend it. If you, if you are not in investing, if you're a real estate agent and you're not interested in investing, I would, I would challenge you to think about getting, get learning about it at least. And you don't have to get into investing. You don't have to learn how to flip. Um, you don't have to have buy and holds. I mean, you could literally, um, JV with somebody. So if you have some, if you have some money, you know, if you've done, you've done really well. A lot of people I know did really well in 2020, 2021. So if you got a, a you know, some, some money hanging around, you can JV with someone which is a joint venture uh, where you just basically put up the money or you get the hard money loan and then uh, make sure they're a very reputable, um, experienced uh, flippers and they're going to flip house for you, basically. They do all the work. They find the property. They source the contractors. They keep the deadlines. They update you. Um, they submit all the money for the draws to pay the contractors. You don't have to do anything except qualify for a hard money loan, which is Super, super easy. We can talk about that in another another episode. But you literally have, you have to have a relatively decent credit score, a little bit of money saved up, not a whole heck of a lot, just a little bit. And then you just you talk to a hard money person and you they they basically approve you and then they just then they want to approve the deal. Because the hard money is the loan on the hard asset of the real estate. They don't care really about your um you know, they just, they just want to see that you have good credit score that you that you can that you're responsible with money. That's about it. Um, they don't care what your what your earnings to to uh, debt is. Um, you know, it, 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 it's it's really it's very very simple to get a hard money loan. It has a bad rap because it has a high interest rate, but it's a it's a short short term loan. You're only thinking about six months. You're going to be using this stuff. So ten percent. My hard money loan that I'm using. Um, it was a 10% down, uh, 10% interest rate. Um, I forget how many, I paid a couple of points. It might've been like two points on the origination, but, um, uh, or when I, when I opened it, but it wasn't bad at all. So, um, all said and done, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to get into. It just takes it in, in, listen, hard money lenders, they, they're in business to lend money. So call somebody up, find one, call them up, call a few of them, have, interview a few of them. And just find out what their terms are. It can get a little confusing because they're all very similar. They all do about the same thing, but they're all a little bit different with what they require, what they what they um, offer, and all that stuff. So, if you have any questions about that, I'm I love talking about this stuff. I'm I get super excited about investing in real estate. I think every real estate agent should invest in some way, whether you're flipping houses, whether you're acquiring properties, and paying a property manager to manage them, so you don't have to do anything. Um, or you're getting into a JV, uh, you know, joint venture with with experienced flippers or experienced buy and hold people, and you're just you're um, you're just putting up the money. You know, you're just it's just you're just using your credit and your your down payment and your closing. You're paying the closing costs, and then at the end of the day, you split the you split the money. Uh, so you're basically doing just letting your money work for you, letting your money make money, uh, 
and that's how to do it. Man. It just and just keep doing that, and it'll multiply, and then you'll, soon it'll be a tipping point, and you'll just have gobs of money to do whatever you want with, give back, you know, to your community, give to charities, put your kids through college, um, get you that sports car you always wanted, you know. Uh, you go back to college, learn how to play the piano, whatever you want to do. Um, you'll have freedom, freedom of time, freedom of money to do it. So uh, let me know. Hit me up. Go to theagentmind.com. Uh, reach out to me. Hit me up on, on Facebook or the, the Facebook group. Uh, it's The Agent Mind on Facebook. I believe it's, uh, what is it, www.facebook.groups. I'm sorry, www.facebook.com slash groups slash The Agent Mind. Go check it out. Um, you can get there by going to the website too, theagentmind.com. Um, click on the little the little Facebook icon. It's going to take you right to the page. Uh, join up. It asks you like two questions if you're an agent. Um, I forget the other question, but it's easy. It, everybody gets in as long as you're in the business. You, you're in um, just because we want to keep it. Uh, we want to keep. We, we want to keep spammers and stuff out of there. So go check it out. Let's start a conversation about investing, uh, about uh, other sources of revenue as a real estate agent, because there's a million ways, million ways to make money in real estate. Um, hit me up. Go to theagentmind.com. Uh, send me a message. And in there, too, you can book a call. Um, just click the link to book a call with me. So love to hear from you. If you have any questions about investing, let me know. I can, I can get you in contact with somebody if I don't know the answer, because um, I certainly don't know. I don't pretend to know everything. I know probably just enough to, uh, not just enough to get in trouble. I know, I know a little bit. I know enough to get a conversation started, and then I know people to contact you with, with, with depending on how you want to, what avenue you want to go down with, uh, with investing. So that's about it. I hope I covered everything. I hope that was helpful. I hope y'all enjoyed that. Um, like I said, I'm going to put some pictures up on the, in the Facebook group, so make sure you join that. And until next time. Stick around for next week, too. I'm going to have my, my team on, brand new agents. Well, they're not brand new. They're a couple months in, um, killing it out there. Uh, they're hustlers. They are doing everything that they're supposed to be doing, um, and they're hungry, and uh, they're excited to to be in the real estate business. I'm excited to have them on my team. Um, I just I think it would be a pretty cool perspective to hear what they have to say. might remind some of us of uh, what it was like to be brand new, and also if you – um, if you are brand new, this it's, it's going to be a great episode because um, they definitely had uh, had some trial and errors <laughs> going in, going in up to this point, and we'll continue to have trials and errors because that never stops. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.